Hello and welcome back to another episode of um, Film and Other Drugs. You're here with me, Nora, and Salma. Hi, Salma. Hey, Nora. Hey. So we're going to be reviewing Breaking Bad Season 4, Episodes 4, 5, and 6 today. Um, I thought it was an interesting arc. Uh, We start off with Mike in a lorry or van. Do you guys call it a lorry or a van? (laughs) (laughs) We call those box trucks. Box trucks, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they look like a big old box in the back just plastered onto a truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting because, like, the, one of the episodes, I think season four, episode one, is called Box Cutter. So the box is ah. quite interesting. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this one's called. Yeah, this was a, this arc is actually really, um, like, it really pushes the what's it called the plot you know it really is like driving the story forward uh in a way that i don't think we saw at least in the last three episodes for sure because it was kind of a slow burn yeah this time time it's like oh like you start really start getting on the edge of your seat with the things that are happening yeah like we see characters splitting apart like people going in different directions and you're kind mm-hmm. of like it's like that moment almost where like you wish you could kind of see it in your life where you could kind of stop yourself and go right I can go down path a or path b and these are the outcomes but as a viewer we can do that with breaking bad we can be like oh shit like don't <laughs> you kind of want to be like, grab the character and be like don't do it don't do it but they, <laughs> they do it <laughs> yes yeah it's one of those i want to grab the wine <laughs> goblet out of his hand like, stop, stop, Just, stop yeah. It right now <laughs> yeah oh that's that's definitely one of those scenes yeah yeah um, so in this uh arc has basically you know we see jesse kind of reaching a breaking point where he's um because we could start with Jesse, because I think yeah. that's like a driving force for uh, Walt, because he's kind of losing control of Jesse. He's had such a hold on him. Mm. But because Jesse is kind of letting go, period, of just everything, he's letting his house go to shit. He's not really paying attention while he's at work, though it's not suffering, but he's not really engaged with Walt anymore. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of worrying for Walt and I don't think that he was um taking care of that relationship very well so now you know we see Jesse having to be kind of set straight by Mike uh because he almost loses all his money (laughs) yeah Um, I know yeah it's like he becomes so Jesse is I mean, I want to believe that Fring and Mike sort of have Jesse's best intentions at heart, but I don't think they think about any individual in that sense. It's always part of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you were saying, like, Walt didn't tend to the relationship, so he's kind of surprised to see that Jesse's gone off somewhere else, or he's following someone else. And I feel like Jesse is, in some ways, a follower. He needs to be taken care of, and Fring kind of or Mike kind of steps in as the the good father role whereas right obviously Walt's been too selfish and he's too busy and he's just like he takes Jesse for granted um yeah so yeah definitely very neglectful of what's supposed to be his business partner yeah and uh you know maybe yeah 
possibly at least i know jesse was trying you know because yeah. you have to work so closely with someone you do want to have some sort of you know at least platonic kind of relationship there where you can actually count on one another and jesse has slowly come to find out that he really can't count on walt to support him despite the fact that he's asking jesse you know walt's asking jesse to support him so heavily to the point where he's killing people for him you know and jesse's like i'm doing all this dirty work for you but i can't even count on you to like listen to me when i tell you you know what's going on or at least try to you know get closer to you and walt kept pushing him away and so you know he just kind of let himself drift into his addiction and I think Frank really did see an opportunity there, but I don't think he saw it for himself. I think Mike kind of saw that he needed to be reined in just because, you know, he's he's a loose thread. And if he was left to wither on the vine anymore, everything could fall apart. You know, all it takes is for him to make a few more wrong moves and, you know, people could start getting caught somehow, you know, and, and I think Mike saw that and saw an opportunity to at least say you know hey we got to do something about him with Fring and the idea was all right let him drive around with you and of course this drives Walt crazy you know he's it, Walt isn't able to find him and he's you know used to having control over Jesse and used to knowing where Jesse is and I think he kind of saw Jesse's addiction as another way to like have him leashed up you know yeah kind of like oh i'm you know this addiction is objective information that you are you need you need someone to control you to help you to be there for you especially after jane died it's like Mm -hmm. um walt kind of used that as his as his kind of like you know look how much i care look how much you need help but now if what if jesse's getting that help elsewhere or if ring and mike is somehow helping jesse they take that uh, position in Jesse's life and yep. I guess when you help someone with anything any recovery or getting through something you become closer and so I think Walt is afraid of just being uh, overtaken or I don't know what the word is but yeah replaced replaced yeah um, yeah I mean this is your classic divide and conquer move from free yeah you know you know it's oh, like yeah. these two guys are tag teaming me you know they're really being a a pebble in my shoe and if i can separate them maybe they won't be such a big pebble you know and it's a smart move Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh the other thing is that you know jesse is very insecure so it's not hard to lead him and it's not hard to give him I guess validation, right? Uh, <laughs> he has exactly. so little for himself, right? Anyone tells him, I think Fring's line was something like, um, I, "I see something in people." Like, "Oh, Jesse's like, why me?" And and yeah. just saying that one line made Jesse, I think, just you know, believe in himself more. He needed that permission to believe in himself. He's used absolutely, to- yeah. Mm. The point where, you know. Because Walt actually started, you know, the gear started turning for him because he sees that Jesse's being kept away. And then every time Jesse does come back, he still gets swept away later. Like it's, 
it's they're kind of like teasing him on purpose it's kind of a troll on fring's part to like make it seem as though okay that's over with we're gonna get back to normal now we're just gonna help you and then he takes him away so at some point you know walt finds his opportunity to talk to jesse and he kind of just reveals you know the 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 man behind the curtain you know he's like look i really don't think that this has anything to do with you and i think it has everything to do with me now his approach was terrible (laughs) because it's not true it's not just walt that he's after it is a divide and conquer thing meaning that they were something together but because walt is so narcissistic he's selfish and Mm -hmm. just so self-centered that he can't see that they were a team and that now they're broken up and it's not just about Walt, it's about both of them. Because yeah. separate, they're not anything. Together, they are something, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think the show is trying to show that um, that, that, that is the case for them. Um, and t- to show, I don't know, the characters take a while to realize that. I think Jesse ends up being a f- reflection. He reflects whatever you give him. So. If Walt doesn't see that they're a team, then Jesse just can't see them as a team. Like, he's not going to go up to Walt and say, look, we need to be more together than this because together we're strong. He doesn't, he needs someone to tell him that. And Walt doesn't see it because he thinks he is the reason they're strong. Mm-hmm. When Frank takes Jesse away, it's a, I think it's a mixture of Je- um, Walt being so annoyed that his thing is being taken away. It's not like it's a human <laughs> being. It's almost like, where is Jesse? But it's like, is it are you looking at this like where is your puppy or where is your business partner where's my tool <laughs> where oh that's it yeah he needs someone to like lift the use the the forklift for the for the crate yeah. or whatever the, the tanks it's just in, ridiculous he's not showing any level of like feeling empathy it's just mm-hmm. i want my thing back this is my property um right it's such a control thing and it's you see that control thing peak and peak repeatedly over this arc with Jesse and Frank and the other parts of his life um yeah it it's it's and it's so easy to lead Jesse away from him you know because it's like he doesn't want to believe bad things about himself so he mm-hmm. likes to think that he saved Mike like he literally tells Walt I saved Mike, you know, this is why, like, why can't you believe that I'm actually worth something to someone, you know, because you don't think I'm worth anything to you, even though I've done all this for you. So of course, he's not going to think he's worth anything to anybody else, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I feel for Jesse, because this this is such a abusive, emotionally abusive relationship, and physically sometimes. But (laughs) yeah. I mean, I think some of his addiction things are problems and could have been helped by Walt a lot and, and just the trauma of losing Jane, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's still trying to, like, even work through that. At this point, he's he's just, he's been surrounded by so much stuff that he just would rather do drugs. But it's it's awesome now that Mike keeps him so busy that he's actually kind of kicking the habit, forced, but kicking it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do see that. Like where he has got the coffee and his hands are shaking, and Mike's just like, eat something, and you, you see how not almost not as if it's easy, but it the way they're portraying his uh, like recovery arc in this mini section or whatever, 
there seems to be less of a problem like it's not like oh you got to go to your aa it's almost like the work becomes so absurd like absorbs everything that he doesn't really need to do all these different things recovery like oh go work out mm. oh go to your a meeting and oh you know call me when you don't feel well it's like you're with me all the time we're doing yeah. this work that's meaningful yeah like, it's definitely it distraction almost... enough yeah it's just so um hmm. so jesse thankfully he seems to have by the end of these three episodes yeah he seems to have gotten his self personal self together at least yeah, a bit like you know himself. he's finding some self-worth which was what he really needed because mike's giving him that yeah. um but on the other hand you know you've got walt really losing it throughout these three episodes <laughs> yeah they go in different completely opposite directions that's amazing <laughs> yeah i mean so i guess when we talk about Walt, a lot of these episodes are him and his family. Less so with Fring, though there are moments when he's like demanding Fring tell him what's happening with Jesse because yeah, he's so no, even concerned. see Fring, and I think Fring is just showing, um, you know, Walt. Okay, or well, not showing Walt. We see that he will he will meet with Jesse. Not meet with Jesse. He meets Mike, and he says to Jesse. Oh, we'll just be a few moments or something like that. And there's almost an, an element of respect there. Yeah, for sure. That Jesse never really gets when he's with Walt. I mean, when he's with Walt, he gets treated like a redheaded stepchild, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Fring, I don't think he's seen uh, uh, Walt since he cut uh, mm -hmm. Victor's throat, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Mike did tell him, you're never going to see him again. And I think Fring is really trying to stay true to that. Yeah. Um, so because of this, you know, Walt finds himself either alone in the lab or with his family. Yeah. Uh, so him, him and Skylar are spending more time together. Uh, they finally are deciding to talk to her family. So Marie and Hank about his quote-unquote addiction to gambling, you know, and he is really annoyed at the at the scenario that Skyler has made up in order to cover up for him and all the money that he's made, right? And he doesn't like that the cover story that she's making is making him out to be an addict, to be shameful and, and weak. And it, he's just, he can't get behind it. He's trying very hard. Like, I think she humbles him really well. <laughs> I think he, she even gets a, an, um, a genuine apology out of him for like a split second, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, I noticed that. It was like almost, I, I don't know, he's playing this game where he kind of reads out the thing, he says it to her, and then... I feel like he's being sarcastic, like, oh, is this what you want me to kind of say? And she kind of mm -hmm. leaves it for a second. It's There's a lot of, um, uh, I don't know if it's simulacra, like a symbol, like, does it matter if it's real, if it feels real? Like, we don't know if he genuinely means it, but in that moment, she kind of got that apology that she needed. Yeah. Um, You could see, like, this mist in the eyes you know where she was yeah. just like 
you know, caught her breath a little bit at his apology because it sounded so sincere. Like, he really owes her an apology for yeah. scaring her so much for the last, what, year, I think mm. it's been? I think so, yeah. The, the cancer and the chemo and all that. I think it should. We should be coming up to that point now. I mean, it's crazy because usually when you think of shows and... Well, I usually think of shows like, oh, a season's gone by, that's a year. Because we've had to wait a year. But no, mm -hmm. I think that some shows just don't, they just don't, don't stop. It's just, yes, there's been a year, but it's not really a year. It's a, a day in the, in the life of the characters. But there are some quotes that I really found funny. In that scene when she's giving him the script and he's like, <laughs> it behooves me to explain this. He's like really getting into... He needs to look good to everyone else. If he's going to explain gambling, he wants to explain it mathematically. He wants to show how amazing he is. And she's just like, no, 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 no. We have to show them, you know, why you do something so stupid. It's like she's really <laughs> pushing the whole, you're an idiot for doing this to our family. And he's like, well, no, I mean, I want to provide or I want to look good. And it's, it's it's a great metaphor for what's actually happening. Like they get to talk about it in front of other people without talking about the meth. True. Right. True. Anyway. Like she can she can really express how she's been feeling without having to go into like detail about what's actually happening. Yeah. But she can still like confide in her family, look for that support that she hasn't had this whole time. Yeah, and kind of shame him publicly, which I think yeah. she likes to sort of indulge in as the character she is and the traits that she has. She seems to be like a, I'll forgive you if you apologize publicly. <laughs> it's like, it's not enough to to, to apologize to me. Um, and he's just constantly going back to the whole, this makes me look like crap. Like he, he really wants to believe that all that he's done is for the family and therefore he needs to be treated like a king um he's doing the masculine thing of providing right yeah so yeah it's a bit and he a... feels she should be more grateful <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and and i'm confused by her a little bit because on the one hand i feel like this is for her to kind of feel okay but then on the other hand i'm like I think she genuinely wants to be a team with him and she's kind of saying to him that there can be no more lies, like, let's tag team this. Um, I think she's confused. I think she's holding on because I think we talked about this last week, but, like, you have to, if you love someone or if you've been with them for that long, you've had a child with them, it, it's probably the natural thing to do to want to fix preserve. what you have. Preserve, yeah. It's the craziest scenario, like, your partner is cooking meth. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you going to preserve that? Like, she's doing a great job with the whole the narrative, the um, Bogdan's car wash. It's she's trying to get it together. Keep yeah, it together. she's she's trying to cross her T's, dot her I's. She comes from an accounting background. She's really worried about, you know, making sure that everything is how it should be in the scenario that they're trying to sell because she knows that if she doesn't, I mean, they'll lose everything and he's not the only one that'll go to prison. She will go down with him more than likely. And they've got kids, you know, so she's got a lot on the line now. And I don't think he likes that he has to work with her, so to speak. And she kind of wants in, you know, at this point because she's already implicated, you know, she already knows 
what's going on, but she doesn't know everything. He's trying to shield her from like the dark part of this because I think she asked him to really. Um, but it's like, she doesn't want to face the fact that, Hey, if you want to be in this, you've got to understand that it's not all roses. <laughs> you know, it's not like, I think he even says it. Walt is like, you know, she thinks I'm working at some clean little lab, you know? Yeah, she's kind of doing, she's she's in a case of some sort of denial, I think, because she's always been this character to me that's kind of like wanted, the, you know, to dot the I's and cross the T's and have nice neat corners. Um, and she's taking this really messy situation and trying to make something of it. And he's sort of the darker element in the relationship. He's definitely like... I, he'd be happy to take the reins and just let the darkness envelop him and become this villain and, and be like, well, I'm doing it for my family, so it's okay. And that's right, my the wife. righteousness. Yeah, the righteousness. Whereas she's like, how can we make this so it, you know, is okay? And, and I think he's kind of not on board with that. Yeah, I don't think he's afraid of that darkness anymore. He's He's yeah. gotten swept away a bit. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's gone beyond not being afraid of it. He kind of braves it. Mm, it makes him yeah. feel stronger. Uh, there's yeah. a scene where he... What does he do? He's, yeah, he's having a shower. I think it's after he speaks to her in a negative way. I don't oh, know if yeah. we want to get onto that now or in a bit, so I'll maybe save it, but... um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just say it. Okay, so he... He's showering after he says a thing to her, and I see the scar on his chest, on his like rib cage on the side, mm -hmm. and he's shaving his head. And I like that you kind of have two images: one image, the head shaving, which is his choice, and then the other, which is not his choice. You know, he had to uh, to save his life. He had to have that surgery on his lungs or whatever for his cancer. And I think those two things together shows how. He's taken this, you know, difficult thing, having cancer, and created an identity out of it, which I think we've spoken about in previous seasons. You know, Heisenberg, you know, he's shaving his head now. He could let it grow out. He could become the teacher again. But I don't know. Like, maybe it's kind of his identity now, and he's like... That's such a good point. Name. Sorry? No, that's such a good point. Go on. I think he's, like, on this, like, path of just trying to just grab control where he can and now he's just taken this this part of his story and turned it from i had cancer or i have cancer to i am heisenberg this is my transformation and like mm -hmm. i really like that image of the scene of him shaving i think it was important that we see him do it because they could have just shot him just having a shower right but we were reminded that oh he's bold kind of by choice now yeah he's in control i yeah. think like you might be on to something here with like a metaphor for the cancer, you know, yeah, yeah, he might be cancer free right now, but something else is metastasizing, so to speak, where he's like, Ooh. you know, it's, it's, it's a cancer of the soul, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's great. Yeah. That's why I was like, Oh, what you're saying? Like, that's, that's really something because he's, he's kind of letting this, tumor grow but it's a different kind of cancer it's not the physical kind it's it's a cancer on his life and it's enveloping and it's like cancer has fingers you know like it'll grow out and mm -hmm. reach for other parts of your body until it 
just consumes it all, you know, and I think that this Heisenberg is a tumor and it's doing the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, it makes me think of like how we change ourselves like purposefully. And then I, I don't know. It makes me think that we never really change in some ways because we kind of, like you were saying, so cancer is gone, but it's something else now. And so mm-hmm. in a way, like the whole like energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just transforms. Mm-hmm. And so like we also can transform and change, but we kind of can't control the intensity of who we are. Like we've always been that ball of energy. We can't, we can't get away from ourselves. Yeah. 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 Yeah kind of sorry everyone it's kind of dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know it's interesting that you know before they had that argument um that they they closed on the on the car wash now they're business owners and you know he had that moment in the car when he's worried about jesse because he was literally worried about jesse uh in that one scene the beginning of i think it's episode two or five rather um and he calls her and she doesn't answer. So he leaves a message. I think he knew she wasn't there. He's calling the house. He knows the house is empty, but he calls the house, leaves a message because I think he knows that he's going to Frank's place kind of demand that Jesse be brought back. Cause he thinks that they've not only separated them, but this is before, you know, we know what's happening with Jesse and Mike, but he yeah. thinks that Jesse is being like- in danger. Yeah. And he's going to go save him, you know, and in the process, he's ready to lose his life. And that's something, you know. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah, you're right. And then like that message, it got replayed quite a few times in this arc. And every time I listened to it, I was like, wait, what? Like, is there? Did he really feel scared or? Uh huh. Yeah, I really think that he's struggling. Like he was or he is he's losing control and that mm. that frightens him when he's not the person calling the shots yeah. he is filled with anxiety and at this point he was in no control whatsoever and he was ready to go nuclear you know he took a gun to Frank's place of work <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god yeah another moment as we were saying when you're kind of like stop don't do that <laughs> think um for sure. Yeah. So I guess, you know, in that same vein, we find ourselves, like I said, you know, Walt's not really spending a whole lot of time with his drug buddies because they're kind of icing him out. You know, they're, they're he's the drug mule, so to speak, because he's making the drugs. But other than that, all communication and relationship is kind of cut off, right? And he doesn't like that, for sure. I think that's a very purposeful uh, move on Fring's part but because of that he's spending more time with the family and so they find themselves <laughs> having dinner with Hank mm-hmm. and Marie mm-hmm. and you know going over the the story and trying to really sell it uh, that he's a, a gambling addict yeah and he's got conflicting reactions you know his son is kind of like oh that dad's really cool and then you know Marie and Skylar are trying to be supportive it's um interesting to see and i think hank is kind of holding back a bit yeah 
I think I think he he understands now, you know, like uh, uh, I think he understands Walt a little more. At least thinks he does, right? Um, because he has he's going through his own struggles, you know, and his own insecurities now because of that struggle. And I think he kind of sees Walt in a different light. Um, yeah, I saw that connection, uh, the similarity, like back and forth of neither one of them felt oh you pity me it's almost like you get it don't you Mm -hmm. what it's like to be a man and sort of have this weakness Mm -hmm. like when they were talking about um hank's mineral collection right and you know he's showing these minerals to um flynn or walter jr and walt's there and Walt knows how these minerals got the colors that they have. And so he's kind of prattling on because that's what he's used to doing. But he can see that Hank is kind of sad about it because it was his thing, you know. Yeah. And I reined it in a little bit. You know, he kind of realized what he was doing <laughs> at the last minute. But he, he realized it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it, it just seems like they're both in a... In a slightly more respectful place, like actually mutually respectful, as opposed to like, oh, I'm the well, I'm I'm the big dog. Well, no, I am. It's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. they definitely were having ego, um, I guess, conflicts in the beginning of the of the show, especially season one, and into season two. Um, yeah. So, so in this scene, uh, or in this um, arc, Hank is already you know, been looking over the uh, case file for Gail Bedecker, who was murdered, right, by Jesse. Yeah. And so we know that Walt is already freaking out. He's worried that, you know, that Jesse left any kind of evidence that could in any way implicate him. So that's something that's on his mind. And it's kind of in the back of his mind all this time. I think that's part of what's also giving him a lot of anxiety. Um so when, so when Hank puts in that video with Gail singing, it was just funny to see Walt just kind of really lose it. Like he he was really trying to hold it together. Yeah, it was great because we could see it, and Walt was facing away from the other characters like uh, Junior and and Hank. And Junior and Hank are just like cracking up, laughing, and Walt's just genuinely it seems like he was having a panic attack on the inside hyperventilating yeah yeah i i just think it's so interesting because i don't think walt has felt as much worry about a death as this one and i think he could have been he could have been anxious about others i mean i know he's anxious about getting caught but maybe it's because the the stakes are higher now um whereas in season one it wasn't so high it's like well I'm dying anyway, whereas now he's not dying. So, yeah. And I think he's really worried about, you know, himself getting caught, you know? Yeah. Uh so it's 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 interesting how he like found a way to go look at the case file. He wanted to like check and see if he could find anything that maybe would implicate him or Jesse. Um and he almost gets caught. But he weasels his way into actually officially looking at the case file with Hank. Yeah. And that, that whole scene where he, he sees the WW initials. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you got me. <laughs> I, yeah, every time. I think those scenes are so just iconic because 
obviously yeah we don't <laughs> well everything but like they're just amazing scenes um because it's so close and you're just like you hold your breath and you're like oh my god can't you see it yeah. can't you see it <laughs> for a moment for a moment it, he's such a great actor the guy that plays hank because yeah. like you can kind of see his eyes kind of flicker like <gasps> and then he's like no no isn't yeah. that always the case when it comes to intuition? Yeah. Where you almost, I almost actually think that in some cases we just don't want to believe that that's true. So we kind right. of want to wait for hard evidence before ever suspecting someone that we love. Because um, it's so painful, I guess, to just even even uh, entertain ideas like that. It's like, no. Nah. Your brain protects itself, so you just go, no, absolutely not. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, And I think he underestimates Walt as well. You know, it's yeah. kind of a thing where just like um, Skylar underestimates him to the point where she still thinks he's, you know, being, I guess, pursued by people oh, later yeah. on. You know, and so it's like... <laughs> It's just this constant, like, downplaying of his capabilities. And I think that's why Walt has so much, uh, so many ego problems. And he gets caught in a lot of ego traps. Yeah. Because, I mean, what must it be like to be so underestimated for all of, most of your life? I mean, I don't know that he is underestimated, but it's, it's not, how do I explain this? I'm not saying that Walt is this god or anything, but I think no matter who you are, it, even if you aren't the shit, you know, you're just a regular person, constantly being underestimated by people around you, like people close to you who think that you're just this regular do-gooder type person, it it must grate on you, uh, on you over uh, after a while. And then you just kind of create something that isn't there. Like, I don't yeah. know that Walt was always this kind of villain i feel like he became and i think that's the whole villain and like you know archetype or the yeah you know a hero's journey but the opposite when when you just get so sick of being kind of cast as this person and this role because you all, we all play roles in our on our tribes but eventually maybe that role becomes too much to bear and you're just like i'm i'm burning this person and i'm gonna recreate myself to the point yeah. where no one will recognize me. And I think that's kind of what's happening. And he he gets into these traps because if someone pushes him, kind of goes, reminds him of that role, he does a bit too much to remind them that he's not that thing anymore. Creating yeah. tension or a fight or some sort of, or even doing an action that is irreparable. You know, you can't actually take it back. Um... Yeah, he's he's very um I feel like it's more of the type of of situation that would happen to a man because of the type of expectations that are put on him, you know? And he's not meeting them. You know, he's not the strong type. He's not the provider. He's not uh the protector. Like he's not all these things that people automatically expect the man in the relationship in the in the marriage to be the family you know and he feels like that's a judgment on him and he knows he's better than that he knows he's more than that but he doesn't know how to really show it you know with with 
the the talents that he has, right? Because he's not a big, strong guy. He's not a DA agent. He's not Superman. He's not, you know, um, particularly, you know, very good looking or, or any of those things that would come with that kind of um, respect that he's looking for. All he has or what he has is his brain, you know? And it's like, okay, so how do you show that off while also still looking really tough? You know, <laughs> he really... He really wants that, and I think he's caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to see, because, I mean, just sometimes wonder, like, how how do we fall into these traps? Maybe not in as, as extreme ways, but in, in small ways over time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And unfortunately, you know, he kind of lets his ego get the better of him, because Hank tells him, you know, this is this must be my guy you know yeah. i think i'm done <laughs> he even tells the cop like here take the file because i don't want yeah. to do this anymore obviously the guy i've been chasing is dead thanks for nothing <laughs> yep case closed <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and walt reop he just walks up to that book and opens it. go no actually no come back <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous it's like no yeah. wow imagine the way the show would have gone if case was close <laughs> he could not let sleeping dogs lie there was just no way that he was gonna let this guy who he did not respect in life who he saw as a rival take the credit for everything that he's done up until now and he just couldn't he couldn't do it even though you know this would save him all the worry that he's been having you know uh, now it's Hank's like you know what you're right you know this this guy could still be out there this guy because you know Hank respects Walt's opinion I don't know if Walt understood this or saw this you know but Hank took his opinion about Gail's lap notes and he said you know what you're probably right you know more about this than I do you know and that was the catalyst to him saying you know what give me back that case file and give me the rest i want to take a deeper look and he does that yeah he takes that deeper look and he realizes why does this guy have a fried chicken bag in his place when he's a vegan yeah it's uh <laughs> it's starting to turn over these stones that no one wanted him to it's it's really bad it's like you know your mm -hmm. ego got you into I, it i don't know what was written on the bag do you was it the phone number i don't know if it was a phone number it looked like a bunch of numbers and letters but i didn't pause it so i'm not sure no i, I didn't either actually no <laughs> i remember yeah. there was this um at the beginning of one of the i think it was season no uh as a frisbee or something and then mike was telling fring oh do you want to talk i i, I was actually gonna ask you like what is that uh, is that a message from their rivals maybe oh yeah okay so yeah so at the end of i think the episode six was it i think i think maybe towards the end because i think the last thing that happened yes yeah it is the last thing i wrote <laughs> for oh, sure okay, okay. <laughs> there we go so basically what the the what Mike and Jesse found in the um, junkie's house that they were scoping, or they found one of the buckets 
that had been stolen from the truck uh, that was being, you know, held up, that box truck, they were, I guess, I don't know where they got it, but on it, it says, are you ready to talk in Spanish? And so they realize, okay, this is a message for us. This is, you know, we, we've, we're going to have to talk to these guys that keep hitting our truck. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. I think I remember, but I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. I, I like these um, sort of side stories going on. Because I, I get not tired of Walt and his bullshit, but like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's so much more interesting sometimes to look at Fring. And I think that's why some people are like, Better Call Saul is way better because you get, you get the sort of backstory of, I guess, how Fring came about. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I'm excited to finally give it the shot that it deserves. I've, I think I've seen up to season three, and I don't think I finished season three. I think I only got halfway through it. I was like me and Breaking Bad before, but I think, yeah, watching it all the way through is probably a completely different experience. So, Right. Um, yeah. Um, so, do you want to talk about the danger? The danger. The danger. <laughs> also, like, you know when it goes Walt Walt Whitman, and then he's... Isn't it weird that it's Walt and Walter? It's like, whoa, that's too close. He right? Yeah. It was a little too close. <laughs> a little on the nose. Yeah. And the whole Willy Wonka, because that, that was a joke, but still, like, I was like, oh, Willy Wonka's kind of insane <laughs> about yeah, his and, product. And he <laughs> makes candy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Walt. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's very um that scene it kind of it's it's definitely foreshadowing mm -hmm. uh which is so interesting you know it, i remember when it came out and i i was like like freaking out yeah i can ima i i wish i'd been part of the crowd who'd watched it when it was coming out because that would have been an episode that would have just made you go oh my god like over and over again yeah getting online and talking about it with everyone was fun because we were like oh what's gonna happen next week you know it's, oh, this wow. is a very good season yeah um so um, when before we just get to the danger part there is this, this like yeah. little it's not even it's just a joke thing basically the music that they used for the montage of like mike and jesse you know going on their road trips and like pickups and whatever mm -hmm. was copied by another you know how you know community or shows like that where they like copy things from classic shows mm -hmm. um broad city which is a sh silly little show i'm just kidding i love it it's um show by ilana glazer and like abby abby abrams or something um and abby jacobson i freaking forget her real life name and her character name because they use the similar names and they also do this montage with the same exact track and so that track to me because I've seen, I saw Broad City before I saw Breaking Bad, has always been like a joke type sound. And so when I watched it in Breaking Bad, I was like, oh my God, this is, I can't, I can't like dissociate or detach it from it being from a comedy show. So it was really weird seeing Mike and Jesse doing this like montage. And I'm like, oh, I just want to laugh. This is too much. But anyways, I just love the what was this song? The one? What was the song? I can't it remember it. It was a Spanish song. It was like, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Yes, I'll send it to you. It's it's really fun, and I like actually listen to the song sometimes. But it's just so weird. I just love when shows do that. Like they pay homage to another show, and then you you see the original, and you're like, oh, this is not a joke. This is serious. 
Well, this is where they got it from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um. But okay, we can go back to the serious stuff about the danger. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the like standout scene, I think, yeah. for at least the beginning of this season, the first half of the season. Like I feel like it's yeah. all culminating to this, you know, because mm-hmm. up until now, you know, you still had Skylar trying to be in charge, trying to push, you know, yeah. um Walt around still, you know. To come into yeah. it in this three arc. <laughs> like you think, oh, that that answering machine message she really thought for a second that it meant something like else. good for them something yeah. else yeah oh and then and then because she realized now that you know they've been talking about this dead drug dealer or drug dead drug maker yeah at, at the at the table at the dinner table all of a sudden i mean her gears start turning and yeah. i think she realizes she starts putting everything together as far as timeline goes, and she realizes that this guy died around the time that Walt was having issues and that she couldn't even find him. And she starts freaking out. And Walt has just about had it <laughs> with the with people not or people underestimating him, people not even considering him, people not even thinking that hey, he could be the guy, you know? Yeah, immediately jumping to pity, like, oh, this could be a cry for help. Like when she said that, I was like, "Oh, don't say that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was definitely kind of babying him, wanting to protect him, uh, wanting to to keep him safe. And he's like, "No, I'm keeping you safe." Oh, if only he said it like that. <laughs> right, right. No, instead he's like, "I'm the one who knocks." Like. I wonder, does she realize that he's the killer? Like, did she understand that Ooh. by his words? That's the thing I ask myself, too. Because her face, I think it was a mix of, like, I think there was still some doubt left. But I also think she she's beginning to suspect that he he is a not just... When he says, I'm the danger, I think she's starting to fear for her life. For her son and her child, her daughter's life. Like, their children's lives. Um... Because obviously he knows what it means by I'm the one who knocks. Uh, I think he was, I don't know why, I guess I was taking it too literally. I'm like, oh, he means when uh, Jesse knocked on. <laughs> Get but I'm like, okay, no, he's just responding to her metaphor about someone's going to come knocking at our door. He's like, I'm the one who knocks, I'm the danger. And like, it's just ridiculous because, I mean, her response is obviously warranted when he comes out he expects her to still be there and he's like oh you know it's just that's just how reckless he is he immediately regrets it and it's so bad yeah it's very easy to rile him up yeah no i I was just gonna say like why was she throwing like a coin on the four corners i didn't know that the four states met up in that yeah i was like oh cool (laughs) america yeah, those four, they meet at a point. It's not very common, but they do meet at a point. And so she's just, I think she was tossing the quarter and letting it decide where she was going to go. Because I think she was going to run uh, or something. Yeah. Um, but she decided to ignore the quarter because it told her to go somewhere else. And she said, no, nah, go back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? 
you know, the universe can give you all the signs and you're like, and I choose this. And I think that's where you have to like, you know, kind of lay in the bed that you've made. <laughs> yeah. And she even, well, like, because he kind of acts out because she's gone and he can't just chill for a minute and let her come home. No, no, no. We got to go and do something impulsive. So he takes his son to buy a Camaro. And, uh, of course, Skylar comes back and she's got to be the bad guy to tell her son, no, you can't have that car. Um, but she has a really great line where she's like, you know, someone has to protect this family from the man that protects this family. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that line. It's beautiful. It's, right? Uh, you just don't think about those things. It's like, what is a partnership? I mean, you have kids. And one person is like, I am the provider, I'm the protector. I do sometimes feel like the other person has to, you have to check each other, right? And it's almost like you're protecting your kids from each other a little bit. Yeah, you got to rein each other in, you know, yeah. it's the only way that things will, um, I guess, stay even or stay balanced is, you know, cause if one person is just going too far, and then the other person doesn't hold them back, well, they're all going to go with them. You know, it's, it's, they're going to get dragged along for the ride. And she doesn't want to be dragged along for that ride, especially when he's talking about, I'm the danger. I don't want to be dragged around with the guy who apparently is the one causing the problems. Yeah, especially not one who refers to himself in that way, because even if he isn't the danger, or if he's, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's the fact that he's referring to himself in that way and he's getting so worked up shows you that he is a a wild card, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't trust someone who speaks about themselves like that, especially to their wife. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I think she she definitely kind of took some blinders off at this point. Yeah. That's I'm really like I'm I'm looking forward to watching the next three episodes because I don't remember kind of which way she goes from here because at this point this is a she was making a decision you know when she was standing at those four corners and the decision she made was to stay but what's her role going to be if she's going to stay because I mean she'd already taken some reins but now she's like holding reins that maybe she doesn't realize she doesn't actually have control over you know yeah i think she's come back gung-ho like i have to protect the family from the man who protects his family but i don't i think it's a front whereas before walt was the one who i felt was kind of had just his words were just smoke but this time i can kind of see yeah he has he actually has power that we will see but um I just have a feeling that she's just saying stuff. She's trying to believe it, but she doesn't quite believe it. Um, and she's sticking around. She's just grasping at straws. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't really have a plan. Yeah, she just got a glimpse of the man that Walt is turning into. Yeah, You know, I think he's been trying to kind of be the man she's always known all this time. But he kind of let the mask slip and... It frightened the shit out of her, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it must be terrifying, because then you, I think that's when you, like, imagine being with someone and not really knowing them, and then being with them for however many years, 20 years, and then that, that's just terrifying. That terrifies me, but I think that's something that maybe more couples than I realize go through, because people change, or people yes. 
enter relationships without full honesty and maybe it's because people aren't that great at being honest with themselves at an early age so yep very true all that is exactly what i was gonna say it's like you know they've been together for how old is flynn 16 17 at this point in the show so he's i think they've been together about that long so for the last 17 years Walt has just kind of been on a downward turn, you know, and she's been kind of steering the ship as best she could without him taking the reins. You're at least trying. Um, he's kind of just been sitting back on his on his laurels and he let he let his life happen to him rather than taking control. And this was his, I guess, attempt at taking control of his life. Because it had finally gotten to the point where, you know, he was about to die (laughs) of a disease. So now he's taking control of his life, but he was keeping that secret. And now she knows what kind of control he has. And she, it's going to be a nice uh, learning curve she's going to have to have. Because I think he's going to be letting her in a little more now. But I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, me either. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited. it's a double-edged sword, let, being let in a little more into someone's world, because it's a mixture of, yeah, I, I want to be let in, but also, do I? Do I want to know Yeah. That? Yeah. Mm. Very true. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, next season, or next season, next episode, we're going to be watching episodes 7, 8, and 9. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be exciting to see where we go as far as the relationship between Walt and Skylar, Hank and uh and the case, see see how far he gets. Yeah. And also to see what happens between Jesse and his relationship with Frank and Mike. Yep, yep. All those blossoming that's a great summary of the things that we've you know, we're expecting. Cause that like we were saying at the beginning of this episode, they're going in different directions and those are the three different arcs that we've got to look forward to. Yep, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, thank you for joining us, everyone, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye. See you guys. Bye.